Deutsche Welle. Learning by ear. Listen up. Shape your future. Welcome to Learning by Ear, an episode 9 of our radio drama about climate change. The Minister for the Environment steps in to help the task force. Will the National Power Board be ready to negotiate to avoid contributing to the climate change? Find out more as we listen to today's episode. I will not mind being a minister if this is the kind of office you get. Look, even a TV and a fridge. Alex, this is why we have so many useless men running our country. All they care about are the material trappings of their positions. Now, if more women were Shh, Carol, I think the minister is just about to arrive and we need to be professional about this meeting. Good morning to all of you. Good morning. Huh. I don't think we've met. No, I'm Christine Kimasi. I'm a renewable energy investor. I'm working with the task force to come up with some sustainable energy solutions. That's marvelous. And exactly the kind of person you need on board, a business person. Well, actually I have the task force to thank. I'm just here to get the financing and backing. So, what are the options for Doville in your opinion? Well, we have three options: biogas, hydro and wind power. Hmm. Wind power. I was recently at a conference in Egypt discussing the potential of wind power in Africa. In Egypt? Do they use wind power there? Yes. Egypt has one of the largest wind farms in Africa. It is in the Sahara Desert, and they've used a particular design of wind turbine that can cope with very high temperatures and a very dry environment. Obviously extremely useful in North Africa. But how does it work? The great thing about wind power is that it is clean, renewable, and has very low greenhouse gas emissions. So, can we set it up in Doville? It's possible, although there isn't enough wind here to get the whole country, you know, or even a city running purely on wind power. We also have to consider whether the town would agree to having large wind turbines. They can be quite a nice or. And that's before you consider the cost of investment to build the big turbines. Investors might not be so happy to invest if they don't think the town could keep them maintained. But I imagine that once all the turbines have been built, Wind power must be very cheap, isn't it? Yes, Joshua, it is cheap because once you have the wind turbines, you don't need any fuel. It's just the wind that powers them. It's finding the right location with enough wind that might be tricky. Okay. Next move. I'm meeting with the National Power Board to battle this out. Yes, of course. I've already begun talks with some investors who'd be keen to pitch in some money. And I've spoken to Mr. Kapoor of the Power Board. He's agreed to meet me tomorrow morning. I told him I'd have a few advisers with me. That's you lot. So we finally get to meet them. Okay, let's meet tomorrow at 10 a.m. Yes, thank okay, you very much. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Alex, where are you taking us? I like Mrs. Kimasi's idea of wind power, and I know exactly the spot where they could put up the wind turbines. Really? Where? That's what I'm going to show you. Hey, there is my house. Are you taking us to the forest out of town up on the hill? Yeah, exactly. 
just beyond the slum up there. It's the perfect place for the wind turbines. You're joking, Alex? No, of course I'm not, Carol. It's definitely the windiest place in Doville. But Alex, that would mean cutting down the entire forest. That would be a crime and totally against everything we're doing to halt climate change. What do you mean? Trees are vital, imperative. They are so important for stabilizing the climate. Yeah, Carol is right. Trees and plants help remove carbon dioxide gas from the air. They store it in their leaves, in the wood, and in their roots. So, when trees and plants are cut down or destroyed, this carbon dioxide is released into the atmosphere where it contributes to climate change. That's true. I read that deforestation contributes to about 20% of the carbon emissions that cause climate change. There are huge emissions from trees being cut down in countries like Brazil, Argentina, and Indonesia. Jeez, Josh, I had no idea. Our tropical rainforests in Africa play a big role in absorbing the carbon dioxide released into the atmosphere from the burning of fossil fuels. We need them. I guess you could say jungles and forests are like climate buffer zones. Alex, think of all the animal species that live in the forest. They'd all die. And the plants that... Okay, okay, Carol, stop. I just assumed that forests were there for us to use as firewood or to chop down so that we can grow our own crops. No! That's why people are so worried about losing the Amazon or the Congo forest. These woodlands are so precious, and once destroyed, they are difficult or even impossible to get back. Right. I had no idea. But can you reforest areas? Yes. You can recapture carbon by reforesting cleared land. The new forests then take carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and store it again in the trees and the soil. But then, Carol, there are problems. Look at the forests up there. Loads of different trees, different plants and species live in there. What's wrong with that? Well, when you reforest using just one type of tree, the other vegetation is prevented from growing back and you get a monoculture. I guess like farmers grow in fields of maize. Ah, so you mean you then have to treat the forest like a farmer would his field, using pesticides and fertilizer? Exactly. And then if the trees are hit by a disease, the whole forest can be wiped out. You don't get that rich natural biodiversity by planting monocultures with pines or eucalyptus. But that sounds like it could be worse than deforestation. No, 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 Alex, it's not. But it's like every solution we look at to hold climate change. There are always some disadvantages. You just have to choose the solution with the list. Hey, come on, guys, let's go. I'm being eaten alive by all these mosquitoes. <laughs> okay. Josh. <laughs> It's very good of you to come to this meeting, Mr. Kapoor. You know, the government is determined to get more of the population connected to the power grid. It is my job to try and see if we can do it in a renewable way. Of course, sir. But you know we have to do what makes good business sense too. And... Which is why I've asked a renewable energy investor to the meeting along with some of my advisors. Here they are. Everyone, I'd like to introduce Mr. Kapoor of the National Power Board. Mr. Kapoor, 
This is Christine Kimasi, who is a renewable energy expert and investor. Nice to meet you, sir. And this is my task force of advisors, Lorna. Hello, sir. Carol. Hello. Alex. Hello, sir. And Joshua. Hello, sir. You might have heard of them. Yes, indeed. These youngsters are trying their best to stop our project. What the hell are they doing at this meeting? (laughs) Well, as I said, renewable energy is the future of the country and these young people have grasped this concept. It can also mean good business for you and for me. Well, I haven't got much time, so let's get down to it as quickly as possible. I don't normally waste my time on young people who are disruptive. Okay. All right, sir. These are the three options we think would work in Deauville. They are very clean with very low greenhouse gas emissions. We want to prevent the new power plant contributing unnecessarily to climate change. Climate change is a main issue for us here in Africa. And that's all from Learning by Ear for today. Join us next time for the final episode when we find out if the National Power Board will switch to a renewable energy solution and join the battle to halt climate change. Or are they going to stick to using dirty bunker fuel? Remember, if you'd like to hear this program again, please visit our website at www.dwworld.de forward slash LBE. Goodbye for now, and thanks for listening.